from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. They want to learn English. That's their top priority. Their second priority is they want to learn how to drive. They want to have a place where they can leave their kids while they go out and work in a place where they can trust. But they just they just need to be loved, they need to be embraced. I'm Elaine Cha. Community is a noun ascribed to groups of people who share something, like an area they inhabit, values they embrace, activities they enjoy or pursue. Yet the experience of community goes far beyond a label. It takes resourcefulness and resources of all sorts. Having a dedicated place for community building, especially for people who've been displaced by war and its collateral harms, provides space and opportunity for making the best of a new home and a new life. The newly opened Afghan Community Center and creation of the Afghan Chamber of Commerce are meant to support just that. Joining me in studio to talk about these developments are Moji Siddiqui, Afghan Community Development Program Manager at the International Institute of St. Louis. Welcome. Thank you, Elaine. And Gal Totakil, a business owner who has been living in St. Louis for 30 years. Moji and Gal, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Moji, this past Friday, you were at the grand opening of the new community center for St. Louis's Afghan community. Reaching that point took months of work. What was the reason for creating that center? So essentially, it's part of the Afghan Support Program's initiative is to launch a Afghan community center, an Afghan chamber of commerce, an Afghan newspaper. We have coding class uh, scholarships, startup grants. Uh, but also, of course, is so that the Afghan community can have a space to harness Afghan identity, a place for healing, growth, training classes, a place where the kids can come and play and get to know each other, a place where the greater St. Louis region can come and and join forces with the Afghan community to help the assimilation process and a place where we can have fun and be Afghan and express our our culture. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's a place for you know, services and support and sanctuary, kind of all in one. Yes. Now, Afghan refugees here have escaped war, and hundreds began arriving in St. Louis uh, the summer of 2021. Now, since then, what have Afghan families been doing to build new lives here? So, Moji, tell us a bit about what has changed for these families now that they've been here for up to a year and a half. Yes, well, with the overwhelming support of St. Louis's philanthropic community at an organization level, at a faith level, and just your everyday St. Louisan, they've just embraced our Afghan refugees full-heartedly and an overwhelming number of our Afghan arrivals are already employed. 
way over 50%. I think it, they're in the 80% that have already been employed. Kids are in school. I know from when the kids first started in the soccer Saturday programming that we had, they didn't speak a word of English. Now they're running around speaking English, no accent. Um, the ladies are also working. It's just the assimilation process is incredible to, to observe. So given that kind of development that has happened, and then finally the opening of the community center, Gull, you were there as yes. well. And you saw it through the eyes of someone who came to St. Louis about 30 years ago from Afghanistan. What was it like to start a new life here back in the 1990s? Um, <clears throat> well, right now it's way easier than it used to be. When I came in here, uh, you know, it was not easy, especially the you know, the social media, you know, the internet and all that make life a lot easier than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I got my permit at the time, that there was no GPS, so I had to use a paper map. And, uh, you know, I was driving in one direction. It was like my house is, I think, in the south or north. I would just <laughs> keep driving to find my road, actually, you know. Right. So right now it's, uh, it's easy and, you know, um, and first of all, you know, thanks for the opportunity for having and inviting us here. Oh, of course. And um, so this is a major step for our community to open the United States uh, Afghan Chamber of Commerce and the Afghan Community Center. Mm-hmm. So now we officially have an office and we're excited about it. And uh, we thank for the support of the organizations and the people who help us in the steps and and um, and we will help and support uh, our people, our community, and what they say, whatever you get, you give back to the community. Mm-hmm. So we will be helping and give back to the St. Louis community and we appreciate whoever help us so in you, this process. Sure, go ahead. And, um, you know, um, I've been part of this community for a long time, especially the St. Louis Afghan community, and, you know, we've been helping them ever since they've been here. So it's easy right now to connect, you know, since we have the office uh, with people helping them through the process of, you know, settling, uh, especially the new arrivals. Mm-hmm. And when you were at the grand opening, and you've mentioned it was not just the community center, but the creation of the Afghan Chamber of Commerce, were there any um, personal memories that were coming to mind specifically about community and community building as you were watching what was happening at the grand opening on Friday? Um, yes, it is. And imagine we had 20 families back then when I came in 91, and now we have over maybe almost a thousand and uh, over 3,000 over 3,000 so it's it's a major step right now and uh, I think the community need us and you know uh, this community center and the Chamber of Commerce will help you know uh, for people who want to establish a business and and opening a new business and helping them Uh, before we were just kind of helping them through individuals and you know here and there whoever asked right now we'll have an office so it'll be easy for them and for us to reach out to those people who need our help Mm -hmm. and in in terms of the newly arrived people um, thinking about taking this path to become you know entrepreneurs 
What do they need to know that they might not already be aware of? Um, you know, through bu business perspective, it's it it's way different than what we have back home. Um, is there one example of that? Yes, it is. As, as so, right now, uh, right now, in here in this country, it's, it's, uh, the process of opening a business and establishing it's way different than back home. Here, you have to register, you have to have experience, you have to have financial support in order to open a business, and uh, um, and. Uh, and back home, you don't have to have a federal ID number or a tax ID number. You can just open a shop and run a business, but here is a difference. So that's very important for people who want to open a business, and they have to know that, yes, I'm a capable of opening this business and running this business and have enough capital to stay in the business for a while uh, because it's not easy in here. And uh, I have seen a lot of people that have filled in this uh, 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 businesses uh, because uh, they don't have enough capital. Mm -hmm. uh, they think, yes, so opening my door, it will bring the business and profit in the first day. No, that doesn't happen like that. It takes a long time. You know, it's, 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 uh, you have to have enough financial support to open a business. And I have seen people like that, and I've helped people like that before. To just, uh, and I kind of explain it to them that how, you know, the process of the business and, and work in here, I just uh, make sure you have a business plan before you're starting your business. Right. And that's the first step and first success. If you don't have a good business plan, you know, it can be filled very easily. And that is true for anyone, not just Afghan refugees. Exactly. So that the sharing of, of experience and knowledge certainly seems like something that's very positive. And Moji, when you were interacting with families, were they telling you that they wanted the kind of help that that Gaul is describing? Yes, well, you know, we've done intentional work to host events where we bring in different community members, including women groups, and gauge them, ask them, what do you want? What do you want to see? What can we provide for you? And based on their feedback, we're going to be creating these programs and services. For example, the women, they want to learn English. That's their top priority. Their second priority is they want to learn how to drive and get their driver's licenses. Their third priority is they want to have a place where they can leave their kids while they go out and work in a place where they can trust. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that we're working on. And credit building, for example, is something that we didn't have in Afghanistan, right? In order to apply for a loan, you have to have credit. So that's something that the Chamber is going to be focusing on as well, is, is that type of financial literacy training. We're going to take a very quick break here. When we come back, we will continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Now back to our conversation about St. Louis's newly opened Afghan Community Center and the Afghan Chamber of Commerce. Gul, it can be so difficult for those who have had to flee a home country. 
um, to understand, or for those who have not had to flee a home country, to understand what it's like to have to leave, right, in order to mm-hmm. escape war, and then you know, to start over in a way that is not the same as immigrating by choice. And this is something that has come up in conversations that we have had about Bosnian refugees who've come to St. Louis. What do the families who are here right now, what do they need to begin really building communities here? Apart from the business, what are some of the other things? Um, I think they need a support, uh, especially they need a support from the uh, people who live in here, just in Afghan uh, people that have settled before they coming in here. Um, they need their support. And um, when I came in here, when I would see somebody from Afghanistan, I would hug them. It was like, oh, you know, I see my own people in here, mm-hmm. and I need help. And, you know, uh, so these people need our support, and that's why we're there for them more than anything else. And, and that's kind of lead them to um, for the process of their living, uh, for example, finding them a job, you know, help them with the apartments and 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 uh, help them with the permits and licenses and so and help them with medicals and take them to the hospital. Just like these people came in in 2021, and there were even the international institute could not handle them. So you know, we went there as a community, just told them that you know we can we're here to help mm-hmm. and knocking each door, you know, since. Most of them were living in a hotel and just taking them from the hotel, take them for shopping, take them to the hospitals and uh, and uh, take them to their religion centers. And uh, we've been helping them. So this was the big support for them when they see their people. Yes, you know, they can communicate with you. Some people don't understand English. Of course. And, 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 and ask you what they need. So this was the best step, you know, uh, for them. So we were just taking them everywhere and helping them through um, any need that the, uh, uh, whatever they needed it, you know? So, so whatever comes up, you, it, were, you were there for it, Exactly, yeah. exactly. Most of the Afghans helped them, you know. Mm-hmm. Moji, what do you have uh, in terms of observations and maybe more specific examples of those everyday kind of things? Yeah, so when you're resettling and you're coming from a country that has been through decades of war, and then you had 20 years of hope building, and all of a sudden overnight you lose your country, and now you're resettled. Then you're going through a, through this refugee process. You're you know, being bumped from camp to camp and state to state. Now you're here in a new city. I think that for the folks that don't know what resettlement looks like, this is a great opportunity for them to learn. It's an education opportunity for both ends. But... Resources are absolutely needed, right? Educational resources, language work, workshops, uh, financial literacy, cultural orientation, cultural sensitivity training for both ends. But I think that what's really needed is love. And, and, and it's like appropriate, we're talking about love on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. but really just like the embracing of a community that's been traumatized, you know, they're, they're on survival mode. And I know that because I've been a refugee, not not to the extent that they have, because their story obviously is very unique with the Taliban and everything that happened in August of 2021. But they just they just need to be loved. They need to be embraced. And over time, their needs will be met. And we're working very hard. And, you know, the Institute's focus is 
let's focus on what these needs are and then meet them. I think love, let's just embrace them. And St. Louis has done such a great job of embracing them with love and thinking outside the box and nurturing the children and nurturing the women and exposing them and exposure, you know, exposure to St. Louis and the opportunities that St. Louis has. Even for women, you know, St. Louis is one of the cities where where there are more women startup businesses than there are in other regions in America. So they just need to be exposed and given love and embraced. And when it comes to supporting the Afghan community, um, not just that has newly arrived, but those who've been here for some time, you know, you've talked about the services that are coming through this new community center. Can you recall a person or a family, perhaps someone you've been able to help um, with a combination, not just of the services, but that love that you're talking about? Yes. Um, there's so many examples, right? Because we've had we've had so many families and we're working alongside so many different organizations and they're doing incredible philanthropic work. But one example that comes to my mind is a family who's a family of 11 total and Welcome Neighbor STL in partnership with Humankind STL uh, donated a van to them a few weeks ago and the photos of the family when they first got to sit in the van brought me to tears you know it's something that small that to us who've been living here for a long time purchasing a car might not be a big deal but to a family who are who have now their father has his driver's license and their one oldest son who has a job now they don't have to rely on their volunteer family to drive them from a to B to Z. Now they don't have to wait, and you know, based on the on the bus uh, schedule to get to work, to get to school. Now they're more mobile, and that's just so exciting. Also, part of the Afghan support program is the tech distribution that we had, so that we can eliminate eliminate the issue of not having access to the internet, not having access to a phone. We eliminated that, and so. Every single Afghan family that has resettled in St. Louis has been given a brand new phone and an iPad per household, and every device allows up to 10 phones to have unlimited internet access. So those are just two examples that come to mind, but the examples are endless. And what does that make possible, that that access to those devices and the technology? What does that enable them to do that they otherwise would not be able to do? Well, for one, they get to communicate with their family that's abroad, right? Because they have they have access to social media. Two, they're able to do their homework, right? They have internet, and they don't. And these plans are already prepaid for twenty four months, so they don't have to worry about the cost of a phone bill. They don't have to worry about the cost of an internet bill, and just having access to being able to, like Goal said, back in our days when we first came and resettled. We didn't have GPS. We had to look at the map. And I'm always lost. Even with GPS, I'm still <laughs> lost. You know, I don't have the greatest navigation Same skills. But <laughs> yeah. I just passed the street one time and they came back again. I was like, maybe GPS is wrong. Well, I've done that uh, with the, uh, what is it, the highways and ended up going in, in lots of circles. Fortunately, I was alone when that happened. <laughs> no, go. There is still an ongoing, you know, process of adjustment that people in Afghanistan are are making. Um, and in 2021, 
there were nearly 1,000 uh, Afghans who came to St. Louis as refugees. And 2021, obviously, is when the U.S. troops um, withdrew and the Taliban took over Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. When you talk with people in community, Gal, what do what do they talk about as far as the conditions there, um, and you know what w- made them able to escape? Uh, well, when they uh, through the past experience, you know, um, when the Taliban came in again in I think mid nineties, so they had um, they had a bad experience with them. <clears throat> so kind of that scared them, and they were thinking it's probably the same chaos what they had in the past. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as bad, but um, you know whatever happened in the country, it just people just everybody wants to leave and they didn't have opportunity to leave, and the <laughs> airports were full of people, and it was amazing how to escape from the country, and you know the United States helped them. You know most of them were most of them were actually were working for the United States people who came in. Uh, or their SIB, what they call and you know, uh, employed by the international community or the United States. So it, it wasn't easy, you know. It's not easy living your hometown. It doesn't matter how it is, you know, if you're living a luxury life or you have, you know, you're living under a tent, it doesn't matter. You're just like, you know, you have, you're happy over there. You have a peaceful uh, life over there. Mm-hmm. So it's just nobody's happy just living their country, only they're forced to leave. So whoever wants to leave, and you know, they're enforced, and they're, they try to, uh, you know, they escape for their lives, you know. And, you know, they, they, they had a bad experience with them, and uh, things are not as bad as at the time, um, you know. Uh, but uh, it's not easily easy living your yeah. hometown and you know going to other country and then you have to st- uh, start, start all over, over and it just like when I came in the first time I was just thinking hey, where the sun is coming from you know it's just like t- totally different to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, what do you hope to see just in in one sentence? What do you hope to see happen next with the community center? Moji? I would like to see kids running around, smiling, comma, mamas, feeling like they found a space where they can thrive and grow. Mm-hmm. Galha, what do you hope to see? <laughs> well, uh, uh, same thing, and I, I want all the communities to come together, uh, uh, and, and we want to help them, and uh, it, it, this is a good opportunity for them, you know, to get together, get united, you know, um, introduce with each other, and probably some of the people that don't even know each other. So this is a good opportunity for them, you know, to meet and new people and you know new arrivals and you know help them and uh, maybe you know through any way we can. This is uh, Gal Totakil who's speaking with us, a business owner who has been living in St. Louis for 30 years, and Moji Siddiqui, Afghan Community Development Program Manager at the International Institute. Thank you both for being here today. Thank, Thank you, you Elaine. This episode was produced by Danny Wisentowski and Avery Rogers. With audio engineering by Aaron Dorr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. 
podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.